Hello and welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast. I am your host, Eric Van Allen, and it's a little lonely here this week. It's a little lonely. Kat and Nadia are both out, both had some stuff come up, so I reached out down to the Charlene dropouts and got the one and only Mike Williams here to help out with hosting duties for the week. Mike, how you doing? Is it lonely or is it a more beautiful and wonderful moment that you and I can share Finally. this conversation that we're having? It's just you and me. I don't, don't think we've ever, we've never podcasted just the two of us. We've been on many podcasts together, but it's never been the two of us. Just, the, just you and I. This and is a new I, dynamic. I, I think we can make it. I think mm. we can make a beautiful, wonderful, calm, I think, moment <laughs> between us. Because uh, Nadia is very excited and Kat uh-huh, uh-huh, really, uh-huh. really likes to fight people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, for the post show, I actually have an idea to try and introduce some conflict into oh. the into the relationship here. You know, it's, it is the spice of life. But uh, before we get there, we have much more to talk about. As always, we uh, have a Patreon, patreon.com slash bloodgodpod, where you can go and back us. We have been doing great lately. It is all thanks to the support of y'all. So if you want to keep us doing good, keep all these specials rolling in every week. You want to listen to these specials. They're good. We just had Avatar Book 2 go up. We had Keen Mare and Moises Tavares on to talk about Book 2 Earth. We talked about Toph. talked about Iroh. We talked about zuko alone sad with his emotions dealing with things as zuko does you know it's it's a struggle for zuko every day (laughs) he's never known happiness and probably never will (laughs) mike you look like you had some thoughts about zuko there (laughs) look look i i understand why sad emo boy is such a popular character i get it your Zuko's, your Sasuke's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Bakugo is the opposite direction. He's angry emo character. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I just, it's just not my thing. It's just it's not, not my your thing. thing. You're There's, not a Zuko fan. I'm not a Zuko fan. I'm I'm actually an Ang fan. It, wow. Uh, I I I like the the main character. The, All right. The one All right. Who who we're following. As opposed to the the one that has fallen from grace, our Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. who just mm-hmm. just needs mm-hmm. a, a a good hug, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or the or the right lady or man to mm-hmm. bring them back to the light side. I just I just... can't do it. <laughs> no. Well, uh, maybe... and it doesn't it doesn't help that Zutara exists out there. Still. Oh, true, true. I have not even so Kat and Nadia are watching for the first time. Oh, really? I was, I was curious about when I would bring up the topic of Zutara because once we get into book three, that becomes uh... a much more prominent thing. I, I do feel like by end of book two, there were Zutara shippers, but that that port just opened right up on book three. <laughs> It really did. It really did. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mm-hmm. like Zuko. He's fine. He's fine. I just he's, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's just a, he's just another man. You heard it here first. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. We also have some other stuff going on. I do want to address up front. Um. We are aware of the news of the passing of uh, Rico Kodama. Um. Is very sad. 
Um, we are planning on some things to commemorate her legacy. Uh, we have already made the Fancy Star Pantheon uh, available to all listeners. You can go listen to that. It's a very good one. I believe we are currently working out uh, timing on doing another special uh, devoted to those works. I believe specifically Fantasy Star, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm not putting anything in writing yet, but you are hearing it here that we are working on some stuff. But I wanted to mention that up front is obviously that is uh, top of the mind this week and uh, we are working on some things. So we will... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have that when we have that. And, uh, for now, you know, I, I think her legacy speaks for itself, uh, an incredibly influential designer and our thoughts are with her family, uh, over here at blood God. So putting that out there first, um, on a lighter note, Mike, I, th- I see, I look at what we've been playing. I see we have listed what we've been playing and we have overlap on a game. So you want to open up with Signalis. As, as the start of what we've been playing. Yes. Uh, it is, it is spooky times month mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. uh, Signalis is a spooky time survival horror game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it's, it's one of those games. that's a little bit hard to compare. I've been vaguely comparing it to a sort of survival horror metal gear solid. Mm-hmm. In that mm-hmm. it, it shares sort of that over overhead perspective of the old metal gear games and metal gear solid um for the most part but it's not quite that it's a little bit closer to silent hill uh yeah it kind of defies um classification almost but it's it's great i so i'm gonna say up front i am probably one of the larger proponents of this game of those that got out there and were were writing about it uh for for the embargo which recently went up um i love this game i think this game is fantastic i think it's easily one of the top five games i've played this year uh signalis feels to survival horror what a lot of the recent wave of boomer shooter revival boomer shooter games were to quake and doom and things like that where they're taking a lot of different ideas uh from different aspects from different places and kind of combining them into one to make something new. And I don't mean that in a reductive way, because I think it would be very easy to just call this a melting pot of different ideas, because there's a lot. I mean, there is this is a dense game in terms of what it references and what it does. Um, It has, you know, save rooms and storage space that you're having to manage very resident evil style. It even has the idea of having two different healing items that you can combine together to get a higher power healing item. If you want right. to hold out for that, um, it, it has ideas about, uh, you know, there, there are zombies, the, the top down narrative setup, and I'm being intentionally vague because I do think a lot of this game is both about learning the mysteries behind it and what your interpretation of them are I've actually heard several different interpretations of what this game represents. I think that's very cool. And I would like people to kind of go in and experience that for themselves. But the, the main thrust that you are given is that you are an Android. You are a, a, a lady Android uh, named Elster kind of a, uh, a, a, a name that you have, you kind of have for yourself, but you are an LSTR unit uh, and you are kind of looking for your escaped, uh, companion your ship is crash landed on a planet you're looking for the person that you were flying in the ship with that is kind of the broad setup and as you go into this mining facility that you have found 
things have gone bad. There's uh, horrors of the shadows, I'll say, like corrupted. It's it's unclear even if they are zombies or just corrupted androids of some nature or I mean, they are corrupted androids of some nature, but like the 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 manifestation of their evil is very up in unclear. the air. Yeah. yeah. And uh, along the way, you are just running into so many references to Lovecraft, to the King in Yellow, to um, so many different literary references, to so many different musical references. This game uses a lot of classical music in really interesting ways. Um, It uses typography in a way that feels almost similar to like a monogatari, like a very anime style like here's harsh text imposed on the screen as this kind of visual impact that you know communicates the weight of something um it has gorgeous pixel art but then we'll go to this like low pi uh, uh lo-fi poly uh aesthetic that top down metal gear style that that mike was talking about it it just swaps styles very quickly in in many of the big story moments and it it does so in a way that it would be easy to say this feels like a melting pot. Like they're just kind of throwing everything at the wall to see what it sticks. But honestly, it all works in motion. It's like it never very feels strong in terms own. of building its tone. That's probably yes. like if people who are comparing it to silent Hill, That's what they are mostly. I think comparing it to yes. Yeah. And that it is really very strong at building a specific tone and sticking with it for the entire runtime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've played. I have not finished it. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'll say that, you know, I have finished it. I even started up another run after I finished it, which is not something I normally do for a video game. Uh, I know that there are multiple endings that I'm very curious because I know some other people who have gotten different endings from me and I, we cannot figure out what triggered that. <laughs> and we've been <laughs> trying to piece it together. Um, but it is, I think if you like survival horror or you like the idea of survival horror, you will like this game a lot. And and I think interestingly, one of the main friction points is actually uh, that has been a make or break for some people is what I love so much about it, which is this idea of, I, I talk about this at the beginning of my review on destructoid.com where I, I, I would find myself in a save room and I'm standing at the storage box. I'm like, I know I need to go to this puzzle room and put these items in here and I need to put them in the puzzle. So that way they're not sitting in my inventory anymore. I need to like put them on the thing. So that way they're right. somewhere else for right now. Uh, but I know that I can only carry so many things. I know that there are uh, certain enemies between here and there that I'm going to need to deal with. And there might be more because I would like to explore more later on and not have to backtrack. So you're basically playing this game of how much health do I think I'm going to need? How much ammo do I think I'm going to need? And how much of my key items do I want to carry? uh, So I don't have to potentially backtrack later. And you only have six storage spaces. And uh, it is this constant game of running up against. You don't always necessarily not have enough to do what you want to do. You just don't have enough space to carry all the things that you want to. And I think it creates this very interesting friction of like, yes, you are a powerful combatant that is probably more powerful than most of the monsters you run into, but you are limited in a way. And you have to acknowledge those limitations. Yeah. I was about to say, it's not uh, a, I wouldn't say difficult game. And and it is, it is not tuned like something like alien isolation where the strength Mm -hmm. is tuned 
towards the alien, you definitely have uh, probably uh, in the Resident Evil vein, mm, um, yeah, yeah. where you have enough power and and it's all just a matter of managing a much smaller inventory than you would have in, in mm-hmm. a Resident Evil game. And and the careful balance that you have to strike of like yes, you have by like halfway through the game you have a pistol a shotgun another pistol you might be starting to get items like the flare gun which which shoots uh thermite flares we can actually burn bodies prevent them from coming back but if you don't burn a body it will come back eventually and so you have to you are always up against odds that you will not be able to overcome with just raw ammo like you are not going to have enough bullets in this station to always keep enemies down so you have to think about how you are going to manage that in the interim and i think that is a really cool interesting friction that rose engine puts in front of you and and this i should say is a, it's a debut game from two developers that is a the studio rose engine is two people and there are some additional folks i saw in the credits who helped out in some places but it's largely the work of two people at rose engine and it is a phenomenal debut from the team. And, and i will say so i played it on pc i don't know what you played it on Probably steam deck PC. actually you played, I played it on my own steam deck, steam deck. And it owns on steam deck <laughs> yeah i played on a uh, pc because i don't i just moved so i don't know where my steam deck is mm. or my switch it is in a box somewhere mm. in my room um but i played on pc it is also available i believe it's on switch on xbox game pass. and playstation and game pass yeah so if you have xbox game pass it is available there Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's console game pass or if it's just pc game pass but it's that, that, that i do not know yeah yeah um it's definitely worth it it's mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely worth your time yeah um you also played another game mario rabbits you've been playing some sparks of hope there yeah i mean i'm i'm a huge x any sort of tactics game xcom strategy mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. like that i'm into so uh i was really ready for uh, sparks of hope i didn't get to play it uh early or anything because i do, do reviews so i literally uh when i went to buy it i was like okay let's buy the game and then i looked and it was like uh you can't buy the season pass separate yeah currently. i'm sure they will change that later but right now, if you want the season pass, which will have more stuff, you have to buy the gold edition. So that's what I did. And it took a while mm-hmm. for the gold edition to get here. So mm-hmm. it didn't get here for me until like Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I just started that. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like sitting here on my desk, actually. So uh, alongside this, which I uh, haven't touched yet. Uh, this is Ooh. still unopened. Uh, Some P5 Royal is what Mike is holding up to the cam here, and it is. Which I, I by the way, have not played at all. Um, I played like you, you a played little of, 5, right? a little of Persona 5. because Really? Because what happened was, what happened was <laughs> back when Persona 5 first came out, I was reviews editor. Oh. And at US Gamer. And so... Anytime an RPG came out, it would go to Cat or Nadia, mm. and I would be playing another game, usually <laughs> the, the Ubisoft games, <laughs> right, or something else. Like, like I had to play some. So, so basically, any RPGs went to usually Cat or Nadia, and mm-hmm. I would have to play something else. So, I purchased Persona Five, the original, mm. 
but I never really got too deep into it because the problem uh, with reviewing games for a living is there's always another game. Yeah. Yeah. you, You never stop. And so anything that goes on the backlog is even less likely to get played. Um, than yeah. it would normally if you weren't reviewing games. Uh, so yeah. there are certain games. Persona 5 was one of the original. So I bought Persona 5. Mm-hmm. I bought Persona 5 Royal. And I just bought Persona 5 Royal again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, there are some games like that where I have purchased like three or four copies and just never gotten around to playing it. I guess so, you could say you never saw it coming that <laughs> you wouldn't get around to playing. <laughs> so it's, so this it's time, very good though. I think you'll enjoy the, it. The hope is that on switch, I'll be able to, to oh, play yeah. it since, you know, I can play it anywhere. Exactly. That is, that has really been the, the, the silver bullet and finally getting me to get through a lot of my backlog has actually been the steam deck. Uh, because yeah. I, you know, you work, you work at your computer all day. If you're like me, you have your office set up and it's right next to your gaming PC. Uh, and, and it's, you know, your, your office area, your work area is, is also your gaming area. And it just gets kind of not just physically, but like mentally exhausting at the end of the day to like still be at the same place and doing things that feel similar. Even if, you know, I'm not typing in a word document, I'm playing a game on the computer or something right. still feels like I'm kind of in that work zone. It's hard to disconnect, but with the steam deck, I'm able to do that. It feels very, very good. Uh, and so that has been a really easy way for me to finally get through some of these PC backlog games I've been sitting on for forever. Uh, and I would be doing more backlog playing, but Mike, I got to tell you about Marvel snap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Marvel snap is quite good (laughs) so i've i've heard great things and i am uh as you can tell Mm -hmm. uh from the Mm -hmm. backgrounds a comics guy Mm -hmm. and i've Mm -hmm. tweeted about marvel snap in that i'm very happy uh that for once they 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 picked a whole bunch of characters uh in terms of cards oh it's uh, such a good that are are like like I have people being like, who's debris? Like who's Swordmaster? Like who mm-hmm. the frig is? Who is Rock Angela? Slug? There's just right. someone in here named Angela, and she's right. really good. <laughs> so like there are all these like small comic characters that people are like, oh my god, like like I don't know who this is, but it's such a great card, so I will keep playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's the fun part for me. I have not actually played it myself because of the problem that you're talking about and that mm. other people <laughs> that I have seen play it. And actually I had a friend who was playing it during their beta mm, and, yeah, yeah. and it was just like, like they were like, Oh, this is going to be it. Just like, I'm letting you know right now, if you start playing Marvel snap, it's gonna, it's going to take <laughs> over everything yes. and it's, and it's going to consume you so quickly. So don't start until you're ready uh-huh, uh-huh. to lose that time. Um, we, we should, we should lay some groundwork here for the folks at home. So Marvel snap did not come out of nowhere. I would say um, Marvel snap is from second dinner, which is a new studio that was founded by some of the former hearthstone developers, including Ben Brody over there. Um, and 
they they understand card games. I, I think digitally digital card games very well. I think I, the, the yeah. initial Hearthstone launch reflects that. Like those early days of Hearthstone were halcyon days. They were beautiful, beautiful days. Those early Hearthstone and, days. And part of it, and, and is part of the issue in game development, and they've talked about it in interviews since Snap has come out, mm-hmm. is that once you release a game, mm-hmm. you can't always change it a lot. Right, right. So there are things that like they collectively knew were wrong with Hearthstone. Not not like mm-hmm. wrong as in terrible, just like, oh, this would make things a lot better. Mm-hmm. That they could never fix. And with Snap, they're like, okay, so we just did this. Because right. we knew it was always a problem. And now we have a chance to just mm-hmm. do something different. There's a great thread they actually had about uh, the mulligan and how they were kind of working around the idea of the mulligan. And in Hearthstone, their idea was you just get to pick however many cards you want to replace, kind of like you're playing five card draw poker and you get to replace those cards. And the idea is that you're kind of drawing into the combos you want. Right. Um, in in Snap, you know, to lay some groundwork for how this game actually works for those who have not played it yet, it it is honestly kind of like the weird uh amalgamation of hearthstone art largely artifact there's a lot of artifact dna in this game in my opinion and then also some gwent um it feels like it draws inspiration from a lot of those places but you have three lanes kind of three locations that you are fighting for uh you play cards there uh and cards have power and the more power you have there you know, whoever has more power controls it and whoever controls two of the three locations at the end of the game wins and, and games are six turns. They're very snappy. I'm talking like, honestly, five minute games are pretty common. I was in the Whataburger drive through the other day and I played a game of Marvel snap while I was waiting for my Whataburger. Um, and, and each, each zone also has its own, uh, like they're they're Marvel themed locations, and they have yes, their own perk. their own ideas. Yeah, so Bar Sinister is one that's very popular right now because it's the featured location right now, uh, and it's when you play a card there, fill this location with copies of it. So each location can hold four cards on each side. So there is some strategy about how many cards you put in a location. Some some cards like Ant Man will be like, oh, they're very weak, but if Ant-Man is in a full location, he suddenly gets way more powerful. And those that's kind of some of the interplay that you do there. But you play simultaneously. So basically, you play your cards uh, depending on how much energy you have each turn. Uh, turn one, you have one energy. Turn two, you have two energy. Cards have differing energy costs that are also associated with their power, typical card game design sort of things. And you're playing simultaneously. So basically, you put your card down and then your opponent puts their cards down and then you flip and reveal who is who has put what down where there's a lot of cards that even take advantage of that idea where like all of the guardians of the galaxy are about kind of gambling on where you think the the opponent is going to play their cards so you play star lord uh and he's a 2-2 but if you play him in a lane in a location where an opponent has also played a card this turn he bumps up to a 2-5 and that's kind of he does the the great voice line of got him (laughs) it's 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 really really good every time uh it is such a smart game because i think it 
uses so many different of those ideas so well the the artifact idea of trying to play different lanes that you're trying to do damage at right like artifact was all about you you take down either two towers or you destroy one location and so it's about like getting the opponent to try and guess where you're going to put your resources but then kind of fainting them or maybe like going strong and just slamming your way through the opponents this push and pull that i feel other card games sometimes lack, especially in the digital realm of having that sort of interplay between the players of, oh, I think this person's going to put a card here. So I'm going to place my card over here or I'm going to put my card here to intentionally bait them out a little bit. I want them to think I'm putting cards on this location because I want to control it. But actually, actually, I'm waiting because I'm going to put my good stuff over here on turn five. And that's that's going to be the swing for me. And it's it's real good. It's, it's real, real good. It's, it's, it's surprising to me. Like, again, the, the friend who told me about that was playing in beta, but then it's come out. And now like a lot of people who I wouldn't expect, who I wouldn't expect to play it either because they, they have not said anything about being CCG players uh, or, or any, or maybe they're not Marvel fans, but all of a sudden they're just like, I mean, this is, this is it. The other amazing thing that you brought up that I wanted to mention uh, is this idea of they really used the Marvel license. It's not just MCU. It's not just the movies that are out. But I, I always think back to games like X-Men Legends and Marvel Ultimate Alliance and how they would kind of give you these cool characters to use. And then you would be like, oh, hey, I like this character a lot. Maybe I want to read some comics about them. Like that was how I learned about Moon Knight was Moon Knight wasn't one of those <laughs> games and Moon Knight was broken. <laughs> and that was how I learned who Moon Knight was. Uh, that's how I learned who a bunch of the X-Men were was through X-Men Legends because that game encouraged you to do all kinds of different setups that also uh, echoed their you know actual comic book teams. So you got synergies for recreating the comic book teams and then that way you kind of learn the dynamics between those characters. And in in snap there is such there's so much work that's gone into making these characters have like uh making these cards have character i should say yeah uh when you put cyclops like like when you drag the cards out onto the field they will all kind of have effects that they do so like when you have ant-man and you kind of drag him out to place him on the field his card like goes and gets really really tiny (laughs) (laughs) and when you drag him back into the hand he like pops back up to normal size when you drag cyclops out of your hand his optic beam just rockets across the screen and it does this big like um you know almost like a shmup style beam that you can just drag around and go all with it it's great um there's so much character that they have put into these cards that then just makes it feel like such an active fun like oh i i really like this i don't know who blue marvel is but blue marvel seems kind of cool and boy does he buff my cards <laughs> he's really good at that <laughs> yeah and, and for me like as a comics fan that's the part that's well, like i said that's the part i tweeted out like i i enjoy uh, getting to have people be like who's this character like who's that mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. like that's a lot of fun like swordsmaster even comic fans like someone was like i don't even know who Swordsmaster is and i read comics on a fairly regular basis it's like oh i mean he's like four years old at best like so like they went far and wide in making the choices that they made yes there are the the ringers in there 
because you got to have them. Um, but they don't want to rely too heavily mm-hmm. on them because mm-hmm. uh, it's a service game and you need to have something to add. Um, so they've started also with the, the, a lot of the C and D list characters, yeah. just throwing yeah. them in there um, and just having them there. And it's just fun to see that. And uh-huh. hopefully that'll, uh-huh. that'll pull people, you know, back to the comics, you know, uh, and some of these characters aren't in the comics anymore right now. So it's right. even more interesting to see them there. I, I also think I, I will say that the monetization scheme is extremely reasonable in a way that really surprises me. Uh, it is like free to play and you can buy into the monthly uh, season pass, which will get you whatever. I, I think you get whatever card it is that is associated with the season pass. So I think this, month it is miles morales um and in buying into the season pass at the highest level you will get uh like the spider verse variant so all the cards have variants i should mention it and you level up and get more cards by raising your collection level so cards can evolve you can get like resources that will basically boost them up rarity levels but these don't make them more powerful versions of the card. Like a, a star Lord will always be a two, two with the ability that he has. He will not change the more you level him up. The card will just get more effects. So you go from a normal card to like a frame break where now his art is popping out of the frame and then it's 3d. So on your phone, you can kind of tilt it back and forth and there's like a 3d effect and then there's animation and that's the next tier. And there's like little animations on there. Um, And when you level up your cards, that ups your collection level, which then unlocks a random card from whatever set you were kind of in. So like I'm in pool one right now and unlocking the cards from there. And and by the end of that level range, I will have all the cards in that set. And then I'll be on set two, pool two, unlocking those cards. And all of this can be done free to play. They give you tons of challenges to, to do so with. And most of the... Uh, season pass stuff just comes down to do you want the cosmetic variants that are in there and i dug that i i I dig that a lot i i did spend money on it because i wanted miles morales i wanted the the spider verse variant i think it looks cool you also you get some cool variants for i think it's spider woman and carnage and i am a carnage fan so i went that way Uh, i was like "Mm, i want a good carnage in my deck and so i went that way but uh, I know a lot of people who are completely free to play and having a blast with it and are actually higher level than I am right now. <laughs> yeah. And I'll probably jump in. Cause I, it, I'm, I'm a sucker for things like I, you I just have to, you have I, to prepare I, yourself. I play Fortnite and I oh, don't, mm. I don't play Fortnite a ton, but I play it enough, but I also spend a lot on skins. Like I am, mm. I am that Mark. <laughs> so, so that's, <laughs> Uh, that is another thing I'm like worried about. I'm like, ah, oh, man, man, snap. I was like, you said Miles Morales is a season I know, pass. So right? I was like, I'm just going to have to buy it. But here's the thing. So once Miles is out, it's so like once the season pass is done, Miles will be put into whatever the top set is right now. So he will still be acquirable if you are a free player. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So you might not get the variant or you might have to wait for the variant to rotate into the shop. There is a cash shop where you can get variants of all these characters. So you can get alt arts or, you know, things of them being like, here's an eight bit version of carnage or here's like a chibi version of enchantress. So you can get those and, and uh, those are 
options to level your collection up so you can level those variants up separately to kind of give you ways to level up characters that you like playing uh mm-hmm. so once they cap out you you can still keep leveling them up but um yeah marvel snap i really like it it's absorbing all my time right now but to absorb your time your ear time we have the main topic coming up but before that we'll do some random encounters when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dragon Age Dreadwolf has passed the alpha milestone, is apparently playable start to finish. Genshin Impact developer suffers massive data breach. CD Projekt announces a remake of the first The Witcher in Unreal Engine 5. Fallout 4 is getting a next-gen update in 2023, and a Disco Elysium lead is apparently filing a lawsuit against Zaum. That does not sound good. But our main story today We'll be cutting to in just a moment because we're bringing in one and only Danielle Riendo to talk about monks in RPGs and martial arts in video games. So don't go away. And we're back with a new entry in our class conscious quest here. On Axe of the Blood God, of course, Eric Van Allen here, joined by Mike, Mike Williams. How you doing, Mike? You doing okay? I'm doing good. It's it's uh, it's it's been a week, uh, especially uh, on the Twitter side and uh, just on the general life side. So yeah, uh, oh, I'm tw- doing well. Twitter's going down the hole. It's it's just going all the way down the abyss. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's ooh, it's hmm. and who knows how long. Uh, his control of Twitter will, will last <laughs> probably not long, I think. Uh, yeah. Joining us to talk about the abyss and also martial arts and monks in RPGs, Danielle Riendo of unspecified as of this moment. <laughs> unspecified. I suppose right now I'm a Berkeley College of Music online game design instructor. That's my that's, that's like my part time job. That's not a bad. That's good. So yeah. that's that's the job I have right now. But yeah, I, former editor-in-chief of uh, fanbyte.com and very mm-hmm. happy to be here. When you said martial arts, you mm-hmm. had my attention. And I was like, oh my God, yes. I would love to come hang out with y'all. I knew we needed someone. If we were going to talk about monks in RPGs, which is our main topic here for the class conscious quest, we probably needed someone who has been in a fight before. And <laughs> you have been in many fights before, as I am led to believe. Yeah, I mean, 
mostly sanctioned ones with like a ref. So like, you know, I'm not like getting into street fights. And <laughs> mostly <laughs> like sanctioned that. ones. I want to emphasize mostly sanctioned Listen, ones. I, I am a part-time EMT and occasionally my Brazilian jiu-jitsu skills come in handy when a patient okay. is extremely intoxicated, let's say. That, that <laughs> does happen more often than you might think. <laughs> um, and Just when very drunk people hold. try to punch you, <laughs> yeah. they miss by so far it's very funny um but yes that does okay. happen on occasion <laughs> so the the drunken master thing not not real then that's that doesn't work out i mean it might be if like you spent your entire life training and your muscle memory is there and then you kind mm. of do the drunken master thing but like drunken master if you're just a drunk person does not yeah also, that doesn't translate yeah. i feel like jujitsu like like <laughs> on concrete is not yeah. Not yeah. always a, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more the wrestling part, really. It's just like looking for underhooks and being like, okay, your arms are there and they're not in my face now. That's the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. That's 99% of anything I've actually used in, in Yeah, I get like, the feeling groundwork on concrete and in the streets is probably yeah. not the yeah. You probably yeah. go unconscious real fast is the thing. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, the the fighting we're talking about is mostly in a turn based RPG sense tonight, because uh, we are talking about monks in RPGs. Uh, it felt kind of right to do this. We haven't done a class conscious in a while. Previously, we've done dragoons, which was a fun episode. Uh, we also talked about healers, white mages, that sort of thing, which fits in with the EMT. Fits in with the EMT. I was gonna say that's the other one I could have maybe made an appearance mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. You know, either is great. I love both sides of that coin. <laughs> Danielle, have you played Final Fantasy Tactics Advance A2 for the Nintendo DS before? I have not. I've not. I feel I'm like so you sorry. Need to. I have a lot of gaps. I love tactics games. I'm like a tactics, you know, dork at this point in my life, but it was it was late in life that I became a tactics dork. So I feel like you need to because there is a class in that game. That's one of my favorite classes in any video game ever, uh, called the White Monk which is just, they said, what would happen if we took a white mage and a monk and smashed them together into one class and it kind of owns. It's really good. That's like, extremely I'm good. I'm a healer. But... And, that's, and that's where like monk has sort of landed, period. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So this idea of a combat healer, like just across a whole bunch of different games. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of break into it as we go into examples, but... To start from top down. Also, I wanted to note that this is the autumn of the avatar. So it felt kind of right to do monk mm, in the midst of all this, right? You know, probably the yeah. closest thing to <laughs> to Aang that we have. Maybe if there's some elemental mix in there. But uh monks in video games often, you know, refers to the hand-to-hand brawlers, right? The use your fists instead of weapons. And there's something really compelling about that to me, I think. It's this idea of Everyone else has big fancy axes and swords and stuff like that. But I love the idea of the one character who's like, I go in with my fists, nothing <laughs> but the power of of right here. You, you got to name your fists. You have good fist names. I don't have one right there. I don't I don't know. Any good fist names in here? Do you have fist I names, Danielle? That. I don't. But now I have to. Right. Like I've just I've got to now, like from now on. Uh-huh. But I do love that idea, especially if you have like kind of like, you know, your lead hand and then your like dangerous other hand kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, it's just my jab hand. But watch out for the other one kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is David Lee Roth and this is Sammy Hagar. Oh, about that's, to get, that's good. I'm about to get to Van Whalen on you. Like, <laughs> oh, 
I feel like I feel like that's a little because you'd get through like David Lee with the one fist, and then someone would hit you. It's got to be short. It's got to be uh, quick. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be like Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Here's God. Prince and the artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> and the symbol, just the symbol. Like it's just yeah. like it's Prince and meh, I don't know. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Woo Batman in the chat says Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and that is that is a classic. That is a go to. But um Thelma and Louise, about- maybe? That's a that's a fun one, right? Oh, Thelma I know and it's Louise. not monosyllabic, but it feels pretty fast. It's close yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so what what compels us about the hand-to-hand fighters in a game? I guess I will bounce it to you, Danielle, as the resident hand-to-hand fighter. Uh, what compels <laughs> what compels the idea of seeing martial arts in a game, especially in a game where maybe there's more than just martial arts, where there are also like weapons and other things in play? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's the intimacy of it, right? Of like hand-to-hand mm. combat. Like, there's no there's no distance between you and the other person, <laughs> right? You're not. There's no axe between you. There's no gun. There's mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. you know physical distance between you. Especially like the combat sport that I do. There's no distance at all. We're not even mm. like really mm-hmm. punching or kicking. Like you're already smothering and choking and doing all sorts of you know horrible things to each other at that point. So mm. yeah, for me, it's really like. It's in your face. It is, you know, literally in your face if you do it in real life and much more in your face and intimate and immediate if that's the type of combat that you're doing in a game, right? There's no, there's nothing in between. It's just so pure. Um, And like, obviously, um, other types of weapons can be fun to kind of play with or or imagine playing with um, in a gaming context. But I I like that about it, that it's like, that's it. Mm. No other tools needed. This is a very pure Mm -hmm. contest of, you know, the will and the strength and the and the fists and Thelma and Louise, you know, or whatever you named your fists. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, how about you? Do you like monks? Are you a monk fan? Uh, I am in most games. Uh, tactics, especially like the monk yes. is, mm. is 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 the the usually the busted. One. Yeah, super <laughs> busted. Once you get the the right secondary class in there, the monk just like walks in and like punches people twice, and they're like, ah. You know, uh, uh, so I am generally a monk. I'm I'm not a particular fan of, say, like World Warcraft's monk, but I like the mm. class or like uh, Fey and Xenogears or you know any mm. of those mm-hmm. characters. Monks are always fun. Like being able to hit hard but also heal is just. Uh, I tend to play paladins, mm. and uh, monk is usually just like the fist paladin. Mm-hmm. I like that fist paladin. The, the fist paladin. Yeah. <laughs> it also sounds like this a great band name. And the son. Yeah. <laughs> and they okay. will turn you into the Holy <laughs> Ghost. Into the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah. No. This is great. We're just gonna have fist names throughout the the podcast now. Um, it's it's interesting to look at the idea of monks in a context of. Uh, RPGs because I do feel like personal growth is a big part of a role playing game, right? The idea that you are like training and and growing in power and that fits very naturally with the idea of a monk type character, right? Somebody who is developing their body, their their sense of self. I do feel like a lot of games, tactics included, often kind of have to fudge the rules a little bit when it comes to what a monk is because you can't just have a dude that gets in there and beats everybody up with his named fists. Right. But often games kind of also go 
let's let's call it the dragon ball route of oh they can also launch their chakra beams across the map because <laughs> if this unit doesn't have a ranged attack it's gonna feel kind of goofy <laughs> and yeah. uh i do feel like there is a balancing act there but some of the best implementations of monk when i think of Th- things like I do like the Final Fantasy 14 monk quite a bit. Um, that's one of the DPS classes I was originally thinking about going before I went Dragoon. Uh, but even games like uh, Absolver is one I keep going back to. And I know this is kind of like weird to call that an RPG. But if a FromSoft game is an RPG, then Absolver counts as an RPG because it's yeah. basically a FromSoft <laughs> game. So we'll twist it all the way back around. I won't say that Sifu is an RPG, but it's uh, it's I. I loved Absolver because it it did have this idea of like you were gaining moves and adding them to your uh, to your play card. Essentially, you had different Mm. forms that you can move through and move in and out of. And there was a sense of gaining mastery over self and then using that to defeat your opponents. That felt really cool. I like what you said, Danielle, about the intimacy of that battle, too, where like. When you're face to face with an opponent, it feels really good. And you're kind of doing, you know, the Aang from Avatar Last Airbender, where you're kind of like dipping around behind them and just like yes. dodging, not even like throwing a punch. You just dodge all their moves. It's yeah. always very good. But I also find the monk is economical. Mm. <laughs> I find the monk is a is a cost saving measure at times because the monk, you don't got to buy them new weapons. Their fists just <laughs> get stronger. <laughs> and, and that yeah. is really great. Yeah. And usually like the monk's fit mechanically into a nice solid point in that they are a glass cannon, like usually on the final fantasy side, mages, black mages, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are also the opposite of the paladin and the, the paladin is usually more defensive because they wear heavy armor. So mm-hmm. the monk is that like healing glass cannon and the balance part of being that healing glass cannon is yeah. not being able to wear any armor mm-hmm. or, uh, at least not any like heavy armor and usually not being able to equip weapons, which in most RPGs tend to add uh, additional bonuses. So mm-hmm. like the, the monk tends to be your most consistent performer, like across mm-hmm. the whole game compared to some others who like, you know, once you find the greatest sword in the land, super Excalibur mm-hmm. DX mm-hmm. double max, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Like then your 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 main usually the hero is your sword user, but uh, gets to you know wump over the rest of the uh, cast, and they don't even matter anymore. Uh, <laughs> but for me, at least, the monk is usually the consistent performer, except in tactics, where the monk, as soon as you get it, it's like, well, that's mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. the person right there. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's where you go. <laughs> yeah, nice. I I do find it interesting. The the monk kind of redlines a little bit, right? Like you kind of have to throttle it between like wearing no armor and having nothing around you, but you tend to have the aggro of everybody on you, right? And so I'm actually going to throw a curveball here for one of my favorite monk choices. And uh, let me explain why. I really like, um, oh no, <laughs> I hate that when I have a name in my head. Uh, Mio, Mio, right from Xenoblade Chronicles three. Um, uh, Catgirl, main character. Um, I'm like, I'm like double checking this, this now just to make sure that I'm not like crazy. <laughs> I thought you said okay, Neo was right. at first, yes. like Neo like from the from Matrix. The Matrix I was like, the path yeah, right. Neo. When you're getting out of the way of the bullets, that's yeah. a very monk <laughs> thing to do. 
I mean, I was on board. Ab- absolutely, so. no, no. Neo <laughs> is is a monk canonically, yeah. um, and also a wizard. He he dual classes. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like Mio, and we talked about this back when Xenoblade Chronicles 3 first came out, but the idea of an evasion-based tank, right? This character that wants aggro on them, but instead of being the big bulwark that just, like, takes hits, Mio is actually very focused on evading hits. So, like, you know, na 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 you can't hit me, and then, like, actually <laughs> dodging everything, and it gives you that feeling of being that, uh, you know, the master that is dodging all the moves, yes. you're Mio dodging all the attacks, and that's really compelling because you're also just riding this, this red line of, Oh, if what, if, what happens if one of them hits, like this is not a very durable character, either. <laughs> <laughs> but that's very compelling to, to the person playing it. Um, yeah. Danielle, are you, yeah. are you from soft player? I believe I am you, from yes. softed. Uh, I, I am a from softed. It's mostly bloodborne and Elden ring. Which I realize is like slightly weird. I played a lot of three actually mm, as well. Mm-hmm, I played a lot mm-hmm. of Dark Souls three as well. But like really the ones I actually you know got all the way to the end. I didn't actually mm. finish Elden Ring, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I didn't actually beat it's, it. But I got all the way to game. like it's a long towards game. the. I played like 95 hours. So like let's yeah, call it yeah. let's call it. I played it. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've experienced a good chunk of that game enough yeah. that uh, you you have satisfied the requirement of saying like I've played Elden I, Ring. I played it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you do you find that the FromSoft games handle that sort of melee range like uh, intimate combat very well? Yeah, I actually think so. Um, Hmm. It's super, super intense, right? In a lot of ways. And it really, really hurts when you get hit, which is like Hmm. somewhat more Hmm. realistic than a lot of other games, Um, at least in terms of like, you know, just like general player pain. You know, those those are painful games to play in in that way, like in that psychological way, Hmm. of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, like, it's a very real thing. you obviously don't get locked into animations in real life, <laughs> but you can kind of overcommit. Like that's right, such right. A, a thing. You know, it's a it's a real thing in boxing, especially. I boxed for years before I um, did oh, Brazilian wow. Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> I destroyed my wrist. That's why I was like, oh, maybe the realistic thing about not buying new weapons is you have to get a doctor to fix your hands. If you, hit you have to get new hard. hands, <laughs> right? And then you have to rename them. <laughs> Right, exactly. Thelma and Louise too. Like well, I don't know. It's you gotta really get creative there. But sorry, <laughs> that's remaster. like a slight tangent. <laughs> um, but yeah, like especially with something like boxing, you can so overcommit, like really overcommit to a punch, and then you are completely on the back foot. You know, literally like on the back foot. Um, and that happens all the time. I mean, I'm not great at the combat in these games. I enjoy them for a lot of reasons. I engage with the combat. Um, uh, but Elden Ring, I sort of played the first 35 hours almost fighting nothing like really just like seeing how far i could get like how many things i could dodge and like just make things fight each other um and Mm kind of have fun Mm -hmm. with that and then i like really really abused the um what was it like the chicken thing like the the chicken chicken farming um in mogwin palace like the blood palace where you shoot one bird off the edge and then you get a lot of souls for it Souls, I, whatever I, it is in Elden Ring. You know, the yeah, it's, thing. Soul, it's Souls. It's <laughs> the Souls. souls. Um, yeah, no, but I yeah. never did the bird. I always, there's like a row of really weak enemies up in Mogwin's Palace that you can just kind of like run down the cliffside and just slaughter Kill them. them. The <laughs> sleepy guys, right? The yeah. sleepy buddies. They, they put up like no resistance and have really good, like they have a lot of souls. Yeah. Yep. And I know that like there's some lore in the game that's supposed to be like, oh, maybe you should feel bad about doing this. But like I got really high level really fast. So um, yeah. yeah, no, that's real. Lo- 
I, I, I got to be Elden Lord. My my witch girlfriend uh, needs me. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's right. Um, it's very real. But to actually, you know, uh, answer your question, it does feel <laughs> a lot closer than a lot of other games, especially in terms of like footwork, where your feet are. Like mm-hmm. keeping in mind animation is a lot like keeping in mind like your balance and your your mm. state and like over committing and not over committing and mm. there's a lot of fainting involved there's a lot of fainting with both uh uses of that homonym uh, involved <laughs> actually in, in grappling an but, a and an e yeah you do you do a fair amount of each but um yeah it's, uh, it's one of the reasons why i engage at all with the combat in those games even though i'm terrible at them because it is mm. like interesting in that way and there are so many builds and so many builds are actually like viable in different ways mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool. Mike, when when we talk about martial arts in, in video games and RPGs, what, what comes to mind for you? There are some older classes uh, in, in certain games. Like I said, the Tactics Monk. Uh, mm-hmm. I also sort of play uh, World of Warcraft has a monk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the monk there uh, straddles both styles of that. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it has a tank spec, a healer spec, and a DPS spec. Oh. And the tank spec is the dodge tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a mechanic called stagger where it sort of... Uh, pushes off damage for later so <laughs> so wait so what like, you can take like a loan on the damage like <laughs> yes and, and, and like the way it works is like you you sort of like oh well the damage will go later and then if you get certain abilities you can like negate it entirely uh but since it's later oh, okay. your healer actually can help you out and right. so that like that's it's somewhat of a dodge tank Mm, uh, but mm-hmm, stagger mm-hmm. is the actual mechanic that it does. Yeah. Because the problem with dodge is when, as you said, dodge doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> like when it finally misses, yeah. then you're usually screwed. It sucks. But, yeah. um, <laughs> I do feel like that's part of the excitement though, is like you do like, I mean, that's part of why like, not to make this really dark all of a sudden, but like that's kind of why gambling works, right? Is at some point the house is going to win. In this case, the house is a giant monster punching you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, like like if the house never won, then gambling isn't interesting. And in the same sense, like the dodge is not interesting if you always dodge. There needs to be that moment of like, oh my hubris is has been lit up. What, up with me. What? <laughs> <laughs> Which you can do in like a single player game. Unfortunately, WoW's an MMO, and so the Brewmaster tank has to. Oh, it's sit Brewmaster. Next, it's Pandaren. Sit next to yeah, yeah. It has to sit next to the Paladin, who is the pure block tank, mm, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you know the Dark Knight, which is the parry tank. You know, it has to be able mm. to sit there with them, right? Um, and so it relies more on the stagger just like, Oh, the damage is over there somewhere. Don't, let's breathe through the pain. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, there's an ability in Dota two like that, uh, where Oracle can cast, uh, someone left when they heard Dota two. And that's very funny. Oh, to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I heard the noise and I was like, Oh, I, I've been dragging people into Dota 2 because there's a promotion going on right now. I played a few matches last night with uh, friends of the show, Jesse Vitelli and Miriam. And uh, oh, nice. yeah. uh, I, I've returned to the hole. But uh, there, there's an ability that Oracle has where they cast it on somebody and 
all damage and healing you take in that five seconds is applied right at the end of five seconds. So you have like a five second window where you're not taking any damage or or being healed at all. And then right at the end of the five seconds, it all hits like that. And so you could <laughs> pop, pop out the other end like I'm alive or you could just <laughs> drop. <and laughs> it's like, oh, I'm dead now. Oh, and shit. yeah. But like that's that's kind of the I feel like that's part of what makes a monk really interesting is it's like this fighter that feels like they are constantly gambling in a way. Uh, I think of like the comic series Die uh, by by Kieran Gillen, where they have have this character who uh, is kind of a more of a rogue character. But his whole idea is that the the worse an idea is like the 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 lower his odds are of him like theoretically should he be able to do this the the higher chance he has of being successful so he has to constantly do like the worst possible things at any given time because that is the only way he can be successful because if he makes smart decisions he will it will only go poorly so he has to like always be against the odds and i do think there's kind of an appeal in that scoundrel mindset of of the monk but um to bring it's it back that around intimacy too right it's oh, it like is that oh intimacy. that intimacy and that excitement and that rush of like being right up in your face is also like oh it can, when it breaks bad it really breaks bad it's not mm-hmm. a <laughs> stakes are always I, high i do yeah. think if we talk about martial arts and rpgs we do have to mention jade empire in some way um which is a messy example in some ways because it is a a an rpg that is extremely inspired by Wuja and and other uh, martial arts films and things like that. But it's also being made by a studio that is not necessarily of that background <laughs> and often shows its hand in that manner frequently. Um, I, I played through all of Jade Empire as part of Normandy uh, because our lovely patrons uh you know, got us to that goal to do it. And then after that season, Ken and I decided to get rid of that option for patrons. <laughs> so that maybe uh, tells you <laughs> how I felt about Jade Empire. But um, I do think there is something to the idea, as I was talking about before, of um, the natural synergy of an RPG and, you know, the quest for you know, self-discovery, almost like you think of Ryu from Street Fighter and the way he is always just looking for the next battle. He doesn't show up to the winner's ceremony of Street Fighter 2 because he wasn't there for the trophy. He was just there to fight somebody who's strong right. and he didn't find anybody stronger than him. So he's going to keep looking. <laughs> and uh, that is a very RPG thing in a sense. You are always kind of looking for that next battle. Uh and I don't know, Mike. Have you played Jade Empire? Have you experienced of Jade Empire? Oh, I own it. How, I own how it. do you there's feel a... about Jade Empire? <laughs> so there's a lot of I, back in the day. There used to be a lot of games uh, because game development was much cheaper. Where you could try out an idea, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the idea, <laughs> yeah. the idea itself, like the the thing that you have brought us, uh-huh. is not good. Mm. But you can see the the promise within, like you can see, see it ideas. glowing. Yeah. yeah, like if you just polished that and did something more, mm. it it could definitely work. Maybe Jade Empire's big problem is it is a game about martial arts where the martial arts does not feel good, right? At all, right. like the combat is terrible. 
Like it just doesn't feel fluid or smooth or enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once you get certain stances and moves, you're just spamming that over and over yep. again. Yep. Yep. Um, Jade the AI, stance, baby. Never and the AI is terrible. <laughs> so like, like the idea, like I actually kind of like the story. It's like got a, where it, it has went? a good story, like a good a plot, maybe one of the better video game twists that is out there. Uh, and I that, like that was the twist half. era for, for Bioware. Yeah. And I like half the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, because it was definitely like, like, like Wuxia now is a, a much wider in, in terms of experience and storylines that we in the West have experienced or mm-hmm. have access mm-hmm. to is much wider than it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I think they would do some more interesting characters uh, if they did that, or maybe actually, you know, get some Chinese writers or, or people that, who actually, was, that's what I was going to say is like, there is, you know, the we've, we've seen it that uh, studios like the one that's working on black myth, Wukong and, and things like that. There, there are a lot of large, triple uh, a productions kicking up in in china over the last i'd say like four years or so and and you would love to see a studio like that like try and do a wuja rpg that feels more authentic to how you know they would interpret it and how they would do it rather than kind of this thing of we have a lot of things like sifu or jade empire that kind of interpret these ideas and they definitely do like they are lifting those ideas and placing them and trying to do honor by them. And I, I'm someone who likes Sifu and I I'm with, I'm with Mike that like there, there are good points and bad points to Jade Empire. <laughs> I like, I like the dude that complains about his wife all the time. <laughs> that was, that was maybe one of my favorite bits in the game. Um, uh, Henpeck Ho. Wait. Yes. yes. Yeah. Henpecked. Henpecked. I, I think it's Henpeck Ho. Yeah, yeah, he was he was very fun. Didn't didn't enjoy his wife. Is that that was his deal? He, he was very much I like never played uh, it, so I'm, yeah. he, he was very much like, oh, you know, my my wife isn't happy about what I've been getting up to lately. Like almost a um, you know, take my wife, please, kind of joke. One of those, and stuff like yeah, that. yeah, um, yeah. Like you can find like right now, especially since that uh, the Chinese wave that Eric is talking about has started to happen. <laughs> Uh, you can find games like uh, uh, Guijan, uh, which is Sword of Legends. Uh, I think it's mm. Guijan 3 is the one that's out there and it's available. And sometimes the translations aren't great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that would be like, you know, that is a Shansha mm. RPG from Chinese developers. So yeah. like, mm-hmm. that is the feeling that I think that you could get now if they did like a another jade empire or if another western mm-hmm. uh developer stepped up to do that yeah right um, i do feel like there's been a lot of lessons learned in action rpgs as well over the years this is something that we've talked about frequently on blood god but you look at something like say the final fantasy 7 remake uh and clearly there has been a lot learned in the time there you know, and then you look back at something like I, I'm, at this point, we w- will have already talked about uh, The Witcher 1 is getting remade, mm, yes. right? And The Witcher 1, when it first came out, action RPGs were still kind of this thing that people were trying to figure out. You know, there were Diablos yeah. and there were other sorts of mixes of, you know, real time action and RPG mechanics, but people were still kind of trying to figure it out. And then by 
Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, they had much more of an idea of how that stuff could handle and feel a bit more natural as well as players felt a little bit more adapted to the way that stuff should handle. Yeah. Um, so you would think that maybe with, you know, a reassessment of those systems in Jade Empire, which are extremely clunky by modern standards, uh, it could feel a bit more active. I also think of games like uh, The Bouncer for PS2, which was another one that tried to do. Oh, I, I've told this story a few times. I had a roommate in college and, uh, you know, everybody brings game consoles to college and stuff like that. You know, I I had a GameCube in my dorm uh, that, that saw a lot of play. Hell yeah. He brought... He brought a PlayStation 2. Actually, he bought this when he got there. He did not move in with this. He bought it after he got there. He bought a PlayStation 2 and he had two video games. He had uh, First Person Shooter Black, uh, <laughs> which I had completely forgotten about, and uh, The Bouncer. And I, he would just play through. It would be 2 p.m. on a Wednesday, and he'd be like, I'm playing through The Bouncer. And that would just be his thing. And I was like, you know what? I was I found the one guy that Square is like we we made this work. We got our fan. There's a bouncer fan out there somewhere. That's incredible. Just the those two games. Like it it's those were never in like a pack together. They were no, <laughs> like it's no, just so those wild two that individual like, those two games. Like Yeah. Incredible. And two very different like the bouncer and, and black are two very different demographics i would say (laughs) um yeah 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 you you brought up uh ff7 remake tifa uh, was uh, also one of my tifa and ff7 remake like yes like when you really get down to it and you're like all right it's time to do some real damage Mm -hmm. like you switch Mm -hmm. to tifa and she goes in and it's just uh small hit combo city uh Mm -hmm. that builds up to some real nonsense but tifa is the one i use to soften like like once it's they're all good and softened up now t mm-hmm. is gonna finish these people off yeah i like i like that you said it's like uh soft hit city was that what it was, <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah um, small hit city but yeah small hit city yeah small yeah. hit um, city i like that's the name of my fist right there <laughs> that's it just both of them together are small hit city greeting like you that. to small hit city yeah uh Thelma and louise welcome you in um yeah it i i do like that because part of it is about that sort of like thousand fist energy of like, here are all these different moves flying out a flurry of punches. Um, I do feel like having a lot of different forms is also a big part of this. I keep, I always think of um, Hunter Hunter and the old guy, the chairman when he's fighting a uh, sad tail man. <laughs> and I know it's very descriptive for everyone who has never seen this show before, but he has all the different forms and he's like, I've mastered all these forms. And he just like, he just summons like this giant, like God that does all these different moves. And he's got like a thousand different moves for them. But that's like very, that is that RPG moment, right? Where you're like opening the command menu and you're like, here are all my attacks. Feels very good. Yeah. I've mastered these so I can beat up a dude that likes to play go against small children. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, even back in the day, like who doesn't love uh, Sabin with his command moves? Like, Oh, the suplex. Yeah. Come suplex on, man. Train. Come on. That's, oh. there's no other way. There's no other way. Um, I would feel remiss if I didn't bring up Tales of Symphonia and one Regal Bryant, uh, who is maybe one of my favorite uh, hand-to-hand fighters ever because 
his whole deal is that it's been a while. It's been a while. I do love this game, but it has been a while. I think he said he would never kill with his hands again. So he's bound in handcuffs up here and he only fights with his legs and he just like does kicks and stuff like that. He says, I will never kill with these hands again. There was no rule about the feet. <laughs> feet totally up for grabs. I feel like the elbows are still there too, right? From a Muay Thai perspective. Well, yeah, like, you know, the elbows oh, get you know, in there they, a little these bit. These might be bound, yeah. but go ahead. You can, oh, you can get a little action there. You know, art of eight limbs, Thai, maybe make it six limbs now, but still, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Is, is Muay Thai like Sagat? Is it, Sagat is a Muay Thai fighter, right? Oh, God. Is that what I'm thinking of? Probably. From yes. Street Fighter? I think um, so. Yeah. Yeah, Muay Thai is like God. very, oh, it's amazing. And it's different from like the Dutch kickboxing kind of style that mm-hmm. you see in like mm-hmm. Bloodsport or something like that too. But it's, it's awesome. Mm. If, we're, if we're calling out favorites, I will say uh, everyone should go back and play Star Ocean until the end of time. There is Cliff. Mm. Um, and I do not like Cliff. I remember Cliff though, because um, <laughs> like a lot of people like nice. Xenoblade, like a lot of people have the, the battle uh, talking in Xenoblade where mm-hmm, you'll mm-hmm. hear the same audio clip mm-hmm. and battle bark over and over again. That used to be star oceans thing. Mm. Um, and Cliff has two moves. One is fear of might. And the other is <laughs> hammer of might and you will hear like and i remember the exact intonation of those bottle barks because i heard them demon fang demon fang <laughs> i figured it uh, out double demon fang <laughs> exactly um so like you know when like people there's a lot of people who played the Xenoblade chronicle because games may not have played the old star ocean games so for me it was kind of like everyone's like oh no not the battle barks again, please God. I was like, I've been here. This mm-hmm. is my hell. Welcome to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I live uh, here. <laughs> Danielle, do you have any favorite representations of, of martial arts in video games? Oh, that's such a good question. Wow. Well, I mean, of course, my brain is going to like this. There's a reason for this. I promise. Um, mm-hmm. It's a video mm-hmm. game movie and it's Mortal Kombat. And of course, it's oh. like, you know, uh, Sonya doing terrible things to Kano with her leg. Mm-hmm. It's because my mm-hmm. my former boss, John Warren, very recently did a TikTok on it where he explained how it was a formative moment for him when he like watched <laughs> this happen in 1995. Like, oh, but I like that she's done this. Um, so it's very like <laughs> my brain went right there. And I apologize. It's not really an RPG, but... Uh, <laughs> You, you pick what you want. We're, we're lifting you. the bounds. It, you know, we are we are rockily taking off the weights here. You can you can pick whatever yeah. martial arts yeah. that you would like at this time uh, I, in, I, in games. I suppose a, a slightly more relevant example. I don't know if y'all played Punch Club. It's sort of Punch sim. Club. It's like a little um, cute kind of it was like a I want to say it was a tiny build game from like 2017, maybe 2016. Oh. I played it on the DS and it's like it's kind of like an RPG, but like very sim like, and you're a boxer or an MMA fighter and you have to like train your little fighter. And there were three kind of general styles. It was like way of the tiger, way of the turtle and way of the bear. One was like very strength oriented. Mm -hmm. One was more balanced and one was very like defense oriented. And that was a wildly satisfying game that I played to like beyond completion and like embarrassingly Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. than that, um, basically. So, yeah. (laughs) 
I actually really liked it. I mean, obviously it was like a super exaggerated and, and slightly ridiculous version of this, but like the, those kind of things do actually track to like actual fighting styles, right? Like having a more defensive or sort of reactive mm-hmm. kind of um, uh, style and having a more sneaky style and then just being a, a fucking bear, right? That just attacks mm-hmm. everyone and wins on sheer strength. So it's like, mm-hmm. those are real things. And not all those styles are available to all of us. Some of us are, are <laughs> tiny and need to choose from like <laughs> a slightly smaller subset of things, but uh, we make it work. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I still got a shout out. Uh, I, I love uh, Lise from Final Fantasy 14. I feel like uh, when they bring in uh, oh, Stormblood and they do the big fight on top of the hand in, in the city and all that, that was a very cool moment. Um, no, Lise, Lise, Lise is a character super move. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> and, uh, I also Ranjit Ranjit from, from 14 Shadowbringers also had some cool, uh, monk stuff going on that, that I dug, um, Zell from final fantasy as well. Final fantasy has a great history of just here is this headstrong character who's going to beat everybody up with their fists. Tifa, we obviously already talked about, um, Amarant's. Uh, even Ash from Stranger in Paradise, uh, fantastic. So, Mike, you got any lingering uh, favorite monks that you like? I'm gonna go all the way back and 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 uh, shout out the Kunio Kun guys. So River City Ransom in the in the West, hell uh, yeah, which are like brawler RPGs. Uh, depending on which ones you you pick up, uh, uh, those guys are a lot of fun. I, I just the the little little cheapy. RPG guys. All right. The, all right. The cutest little sprites in the world. Like they're, <laughs> they're beating adorable. people up, but they're just like little, little buddies. They're little blocks. They're very cute. Yeah. Little Yankee fighters. I love them. <laughs> that, that is monks. We love monks. We love to see them fight. We love to see them brawl. We love to see them run the dangerous line of most likely dying or sometimes succeeding in glory and countering every attack on the tactics board (laughs) (laughs) just winning every role (laughs) or 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 the dodge misses and and you take that one hit and just crumple just like down the Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, like dying noise, is still maybe like unintentionally hilarious. Like one of the best. Like it's a very. It, it sounds like somebody falling out of a tall tree. Like oh, <laughs> like it's every time I hear it, it is so recognizable and it's like comedic in a way that I really like. And um, that's all I can hear is the one like oh, it landed. <laughs> um, I dig that. That's good. That that'll do it for this section. We obviously have more sections here, but we only had Danielle for the one time. So Danielle, thank you so much for popping in, saying hey. Love to have you on the podcast to chat. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. We we love to get you on. We need to get you on more. That's that's. Oh, I would the love to. Key. I'll play some more RPGs. I promise. That's that's yeah, the thing we, I, I would need to do. I think we got to get well, you playing but, you some know. some RPGs. We'll get you a short list. Um, about you know, costume we'll, quests. I, I just played that again recently. That's oh, a, that's an RPG for you for the. We season. literally we just <laughs> talked about RPGs with holidays in them because we were oh, talking shit. about are there Christmas RPGs and things like that. There's Somehow that, uh, Costume Quest never came up. There's a DLC for Costume Quest that was very Christmassy. Yeah. That's Christmas based? The DLC, not the second game. I don't, the second oh, okay, game was a whole okay. other thing, but there was like a cute, like, Wooly Mammoth DLC that was like 
a cute like Christmassy thing because <laughs> they were like, it's a Halloween game. We might as well do Christmas DLC, but not call it Christmas DLC. It was close. Yeah. Perfect. Is for you and all the wonderful things you do on the internet, uh, where can the folks at home find you? Uh, you can well, I mean, at the moment you can follow me on Twitter. I know Twitter is <laughs> right a now, whole, right as we now. mentioned, it, like it's a whole, right? Uh Danielle R. I, that's where I put everything. I guess you can follow my itch page. I'm I'm also oh, uh mm-hmm. Danielle R. I there. I've been making little games, so you can you can go find those. Uh, same username. I mean, honestly, let me make sure that it's the same username because that would be really embarrassing if I gave you the wrong one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I go to my itch page and yeah, it's just Danielle R.I. So D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-R-I on dot itch dot I-O. If you're curious about that kind of stuff, I'm making like a tiny little puzzle game where you are a, a one girlfriend who has to cool off your other girlfriend who's always hot. It's always hot in the apartment. Um, so. Oh, okay, okay. I, <laughs> I that's kind of fun. That's like the Final Fantasy Ten Two mini game where you have to like uh, do the back, but not like destroy their back while you're massaging. That's you gotta find that balance. You know, it's, you like a, good, it's a good balance to find. It's based on just mm-hmm. being like living in Brooklyn and having a hot apartment in the summer. Mm-hmm. Always just mm-hmm. trying to make it cooler in there, no matter what mm-hmm. you do. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, for all that follow Danielle at those places and folks, we will see you in just a moment for the autumn of avatar and the conclusion of this episode. Don't go far. And we're back. That was such a wonderful discussion. We just had at this very moment with Danielle Riendo. Uh, We learned a lot about monks in RPGs and video games, but we have one other monk to talk about, and that is Avatar Ang. We're talking about Autumn of the Avatar here, Max the Blood God. This week we have started book three, and I am I am sad that Kat and Nadia could not be with us. They, they will be here next week to talk about their impressions of book three. I have a feeling that, that they will enjoy it, but for those listening and following along at home, we are covering The Awakening, which is the first episode of book three, Up Through the Beach. Uh, and I got to say up front, so we are in book three now, The Fire Kingdom. We are in our return of the Jedi phase. Cat really hit the nail on the head with that analogy. <laughs> um, the the all is lost moment has happened. Aang has had a near death, if not actual death experience. And uh, we are on the run in the fire kingdom as it turns out and we are behind enemy lines uh mike before we get started into the episodes tell me a little bit about your history with avatar last airbender as i understand you have some uh yeah i mean i watched it when it aired uh Uh as it aired so this was one of those uh times where it just came out of nowhere on nickelodeon and it was (laughs) just like (laughs) like what the hell is this like, uh, and I, part of that early fandom was like a lot of anime people just mm, being like, mm. like, oh my God, look at this Western animation. Wow. Mm-hmm, uh, and yeah, no, I remember watching this in real time, uh, just vibing with it as it came out each week. And it, it wasn't like I was watching Nickelodeon at the time. Cause like I was an adult already. <laughs> So it was kind of like, like, okay, well, let's just tune in just to watch like Nickelodeon. This was like, I want to say when this came out, this was pre 
streaming being super huge. Yeah, yeah. So um, this was like mid 2000s. It, this was 2000. Oh boy, six or seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know that even when Cora started releasing, it was very, very odd that the last season of Cora went to streaming only. That was. It still felt like streaming at that time was a very nascent thing compared to what it is now but um yeah the idea of avatar the last airbender and and tuning in for it and all that uh was was pretty novel at the time and and i do feel like it drew in a lot a lot of audiences that weren't normally watching nickelodeon because here's this awesome animation that has a surprising emotional depth and really cool fight scenes (laughs) right uh yeah and i mean it was uh not gonna say a game changer because it's not like things really changed for nickelodeon after that like no they did they did avatar and then they did Korra, and they're only now like coming back to it to make it like a a key pillar of their group they, uh, of they their realized division. putting all their eggs in the spongebob basket was a bad idea <laughs> right um and i mean oh man like I was in it enough that I actually went and saw the, the Shyamalan movie, which was, oh. <laughs> which was terrible. Like yeah. just, just, <laughs> just terrible. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I've always been, been in on this. Uh, I have the whole thing on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I have both the original series and what's it called on Blu-ray. I have mm. the art books. Like I've always been a, uh, a big fan uh, of the series. I did not watch the follow-up show from the creators, the dragon prince. It's, it's good. It's, it's solid. Um, I don't know that it's hitting the way that avatar hits, but it's definitely got some good ideas and it's a very memorable characters. I do like some of the characters in there, like Rayla uh, quite a bit. So they, they still got some of that energy. Yeah. And, and it, it just, uh, it, it, it didn't have the, the look that was as interesting yeah. to me or as compelling to me. There's um, a lot of CG these days, a lot of CG. Which some of it uh, works really well. Uh, it's uh-huh. just uh, there's also missing, so, like part of the as as a fan of martial arts for a very long time, part mm. of the fun of Avatar is also the seeing these martial arts sort of bleed into yes, this fantasy, absolutely uh, world. Um, and yeah, that's, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but uh, it's coming back now. Uh, Avatar is going to be Nickelodeon's big thing. They got more shows, more movies, more things. Like, remember all that tension around the thing that the Korra uh, team wanted to do that we were not happy about? Well, guess what? Come on back. We're doing more Korra. Please come back. Um, please, please love us. Like, we, if you've been buying the comics, we see you. We yeah. see you. Well, the comics is where they got to put the uh, the gas to the floor, so to speak, on on some of that stuff. But, I mean, that was true of... Uh, Avatar the Last Airbender was was very standalone, I feel, but um, not to, to jump ahead too far of ourselves, but the comics also then expanded on a lot of the ideas that maybe did not get expanded on uh, in the series as well, uh, took some of the the lingering threads of that story and started to to pull them out a little bit more and explore them a bit more. So 
Um, yeah, and it's one of those things where the comics in places are sometimes better than the the original. Like prop, like the if if anyone reads the IDW Transformers comics, mm-hmm. they are far and away much better than the source material they're based mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Avatar comics are like halfway there. there. Yeah, they're 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 fine. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually I. I think the only one I've I've read a lot of was the Turf War stuff for Korra, and I thought that was pretty good because I felt like it got back to that book one Korra style a lot. I did enjoy that quite a bit. But um, to bring it back to the last Airbender, our episodes this week for for book three, kind of introing us to the Fire Kingdom. We get to see what life is like for people in the Fire Kingdom, which is I know one of the things that Nadia was very interested in seeing. Um, can't wait to talk with her about that next week but the the whole idea of seeing how these kids get indoctrinated from a young age to believe right. that you know the the fire cause is righteous and that uh there's there's the scene with ang where he's he's going like there wasn't an airbender army <laughs> in the, the fire nation <laughs> like slaughtered the air nation and the the fire nation teachers having none of that um i think it was a really cool episode in establishing some of the ideas of of you know how i feel like book three really starts to grapple with how does somebody become evil in the eyes of others and where does evil come from and how does you know are people born evil or or do they become evil and it, it, it especially these episodes starts to handle sort of propaganda mm-hmm. in a much lighter mm-hmm. hand than like We're teaching the say. kids about fascism <laughs> right um as opposed to, you know, like Boston say like, oh, this is just brainwashing. Like, oh, mm-hmm. that's of course mm-hmm. evil. This is, this is more like, I mean, these are just citizens. These are normal people. And especially mm-hmm. uh, the second episode is the one where hangs in the school. Yeah. And yeah it's yeah. just like, yeah. oh, oh, I, I, I could see if you were just a person, mm-hmm. you could see how, if this was shaping your entire worldview and you didn't have the internet telling you mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. what else is going Twitter on does not exist in, in the world of avatar. <laughs> right. And so that's, uh, you get to see like, Oh, these are, these are just normal people under a horrible regime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of that, you know, reinforces the Zuko side of the storyline uh, in that like, okay, the, the, the shit that his father is doing to him is also indirectly happening to the rest of the nation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is also, by the way, why I love Azula uh, because oh, there, yes. there's, there's the nature of purse nurture uh, thing mm-hmm, there, but, mm-hmm. but also the acknowledgement. It's like, no, nah, some, some people are just really into this. Well, not to get too far ahead of ourselves because i think that there there is some ground to cover with azula here in terms of the beach which is actually one of my favorite episodes in all of avatar the last airbender uh because we take i I mean the beach episode is a classic right in in just about most mediums anime particularly but even a lot of sitcoms and stuff like that have the we're going to the beach episode right um (laughs) that was every episode in rocket power but (laughs) it's um and they're usually terrible. No. Oh, they're usually awful. They're usually the absolute worst. They're just gratuitous fan service and just kind of serve to like pad things out. And, right. and grant, granted, there is like 
a little bit of that happening here, but I feel like they even play with it a little bit. First of all, like we are, we do get to see Aang and the gang kind of having their own mini beach retreat for about like two seconds before exploding. Eye man shows up and ruins it, <laughs> but it largely follows the antagonists. It largely follows uh, Zuko, Azula, uh, Tylee and May on their own beach vacation and it's largely about how they don't get along with anybody how they are functionally destroyed as young adults because the the war has changed them forever as well as their own upbringing and they are essentially the nobility of the fire kingdom right these are these are the kids that are the the powers to be in the fire kingdom you've got the prince the princess uh may is the daughter of the guy who's ruling bossing say right now um not bossing say uh omashu and tylee i think is just implied to be from a powerful family obviously from a nobility because she has been hanging out with azula in some way uh but you get to see how none of them are really normal functioning people in in a social context and it all kind of comes to a head in that scene where they're sitting around the campfire and they're all just saying like this is what's wrong like this is what's messed up (laughs) in our lives like may intentionally closes off her emotions uh because it, it is how she has gotten through life so far uh ty lee has to act out and and be the center of attention because she is one of what like 10 daughters or something the like daughters, that right. yeah her whole thing is like the match set and so she becomes the circus freak so she can have an identity um zuko obviously has the great scene of I'm mad at myself and then slams the fire and shoots a pillar up into the air and sad Zuko time. It's very good. Uh, And even Azula has that moment of like staring at the flickering embers and is like, um, you know, mom always called me a monster. Imagine that she was right though, but it did hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I love this episode. I think it is an extremely underrated episode of avatar and, and one that sticks with me every time I rewatch. Um, it is that moment where they do start to kind of show the hand in terms of, uh, where they're going with this series and, uh, the nature virtue nature versus nurture idea that you brought up that I think becomes a large theme of book three moving forward, especially around the fire kingdom. Um, yeah, just all around. Fantastic. And it has good jokes too, which beach episodes yeah. usually don't. Usually beach episodes are like, haha, look, someone's bathing suit. Bathing fell suits. Off. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha. Uh, and uh. here you have like Azula scorching the volleyball net and being like, We have we have defeated you. Your families will never recover from this humiliation. <laughs> um it's it's quite good. We also have another entry in what I like to call uh the the party getting their advanced job classes. Uh, we had Toph learning to metal bends, uh, and now we have Sokka becoming a functional, capable adult in the span of about two days. <laughs> we right. love to see it. We love to see, uh, as Kat and Nadia, I'm sure, will say, unearned growth. <laughs> I mean, it is, but he ne- he needed something. And, he did. And he needed the, the thing. The sword stuff thing. is a, is at least. The boomerang is not it. <laughs> no, no, no. Boomerang, boomerang is getting tired. He needs a new thing, especially not like against the Fire Nation. Like you throw a boomerang, the boomerang, you know, turn mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. gets blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, with 
Ozai and uh, entering the picture as a as a stronger attacking force, antagonistic right. force. Uh-huh. Um, it also starts to shift the the mood from something less uh, fun and lighthearted and family adventure to oh we're in a war right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sokka has to sort of. I mean, he's still who he is, but he has to switch to like, okay, let's let's a tool made for murder, <laughs> yeah. right? It, it, in another series that was maybe a little bit more adult, something probably would have happened to him—a scar, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there would be a moment just like, oh, you got hurt, or somebody died, or something, and now, but functionally, it was still on Nickelodeon and kids mm-hmm. network. So it's like, let's just have them talk to a guy. We're, we're going to kill jet <laughs> off screen. We can't, we can't kill jet on screen. That's not allowed. Um, we also get Katara. Katara finally gets some time in the painted lady uh, gets to, to do some fun stuff. And I did like uh, kind of showing how the interventionism of uh, Ang and the gang does not always come out all right. I feel like that was touched on in Avatar Day in book two and right. comes back again here with the idea that like inserting yourself into a conflict does not always come off well. And uh, the people of the town end up being like rightfully angry at her for basically appropriating the the visage of their uh, idol of worship <laughs> to attack the Fire Nation and cause problems for them and burn their homes down. So uh it was a it was a yeah. good complicated episode that i liked yeah i mean pu- punching the bad guy does not actually all, all always uh solve the problem mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. something that uh like richard marquand uh wanted to talk with george lucas about like you know i th- this doesn't actually like blowing up the death star doesn't actually solve the mm-hmm. fascistic problem mm-hmm. um and the painted lady is part of that. Like, you know, just because you destroyed a factory doesn't mean we're, we're still not where we are right. here right now with right. the people who we have above us. Like you haven't actually fixed any of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's good to teach that to kids. Sometimes it's, it's good to just, to, just to tur- turn the knob of dystopia up just a tiny mm-hmm. bit. overall a fun bunch of episodes a fun introduction to kind of where the gang is at moving into book three because uh we're getting into the end game really like we are getting into the point where i was looking at the episodes ahead and going oh it is not much longer until we are at sozin's comet like that is like the comet is approaching the eclipse is approaching the everything is approaching there are timers that are ticking down above everyone's heads that are like i feel like some of the tension is starting to ratchet up i feel like the painted lady also illustrated that very well of uh they know the gang knows that they need to be somewhere and do something by x day and that is starting to weigh on all of them heavily and uh i like that aspect of avatar we'll talk more about it next week and we will have cat and Nadia. we'll make sure to talk a little bit about some of the episodes that they missed that they were not here to talk about then as well i'm sure we'll probably talk a little bit about the beach uh in particular but for next week's episodes it will be um 
episode 46, the Avatar and the Fire Lord, which is another one of my favorite episodes up through the day of Black Sun part two, which I think is on Netflix is just the day of Black Sun. Uh, they they smash some of those two parters uh, together. So mm-hmm. um, it is next week is quite the uh, series of episodes that we will be covering and we will have uh quite a lot to talk about when we get there oh uh before we before we go once again i just want to shout out uh danielle for being on the show and mike thank you for hopping on anything you want to plug you know you are you are a dropout you are part of the crew but anything else you want to plug anything you've been working on yeah so charlene dropouts uh i also have a Substack that is more business mm-hmm. news mm-hmm. called stuff worth knowing so stuff worth knowing at substack.com and then i now have a patreon where i write about pretty much anything that uh floats my boat uh i've i've always written about games professionally but occasionally i get to write about you know movies or comics or something like that and this is just a place for that so that's uh mm-hmm. save save file Mm. Uh, which is spelled S A V E P H I L E. Oh, yes. So it's save file, and uh, that's on Patreon. Um, and you can find me on Twitter all the time at Automatic Zen Z E N. Heck yeah! Support Mike. Support the work he does. Please support us. Support us at the Blood God. Uh, you can find Cat at the Cat Bot. Nadia's at Nadia Oxford, and I am C Moosey S E A M O O S I. I will make sure to get that pronunciation in. We'll catch you next week. We'll have a lot to talk about. We'll probably have a special to do. We'll have more avatar. We'll have everything. But until then for the co-hosts that were not here for the co-hosts who were here for everyone who joined in today for all of you at home. And thanks to our stars of destiny as well for tuning in. See y'all love y'all. Thank you for sticking with us as the sausage was made. We will see you next time on acts of the blood. God.